Good morning, good morning. How's everybody this morning? Awesome. It's a beautiful day outside. It feels wonderful. In the neighborhood. <laughs> we good to go? There we go. Thank you. We're going to be wide open. It's a glorious day. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you all the blessings you're pouring out in our lives. We thank you that we get to come together in fellowship and grow in your love and understanding. Father, use my mouth that it be an instrument for you to give you glory in all that I do. We praise you for this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're actually in the last lesson in the uh, Discipleship Evangelism by Andrew Womack. And it's lesson 16. And using everyone's gift to disciple. Everyone's gift can be used to disciple. We've been working with this discipleship program for many years with great success. And this is Andrew Womack talking. Seeing people's lives changed by being born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and water baptized. One day I was talking to a friend and said, we've missed some things. They're falling through the cracks. He said, I thought everything was working great. What do you mean? What I'm going to share with you is how to bring an inward church where people just sit, listen to the pastor, and go home to be an outward church where they reach beyond the four walls of the church building. These are the real statistics. 95% of all Christians have never led anyone, anybody to the Lord, and 90% of the evangelism is directed towards Christians. The church building is the most evangelized area in the world. We evangelize the Sunday school rooms, and we evangelize the sanctuary. The way we evangelize the building, you would think the church needs converting. It wasn't until the third century under Constantine that church buildings came into a being. Since that time, as far as reaching out to the lost, the church has gone inward and hid behind the walls of the church buildings. We want to reach out beyond those walls to turn an inward church into an outward church. Statistically, there are only 0.5%, less than 1% of programs that reach beyond the four walls of our buildings. That's... That says there's no major denomination in the United States today that has a plan to really reach the lost. Reaching and discipling people outside our church buildings is a part of Christianity that needs to be rediscovered. Through the Reformation, Martin Luther brought the revelation of justification, justification through faith to the church's attention. In the 1800s, mass evangelism came through John Wesley. But it seems that personal one-on-one discipling and evangelizing, evangelizing ugh, evangelism has not been rediscovered since the apostles. You may say, I don't know how. Through this program, we definitely will show you how. It's very easy. And I think y'all can attest to that. I mean, because we've told you, you can just stand up here and read a lesson. And he's got it all laid out to help step a person through the entire process of being saved to being able to be a disciple and disciple others. It's very easy. We'll show you how, it's easy to, how easy it is to work with people and to meet new people at the door through using your testimony. That is what I want to focus on now. This is the good news. How would you like to do just what you want to do? Not what somebody else wants you to do that you really don't want to do, but exactly what you want to do. That's what we're talking about. When I show people how discipleship evangelism works, saying, look, 
This is what we're doing. We're touching people's lives. They're being saved, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit. And water baptized, which is awesome because it ties into the baptism, baptism service we're having today. People say, that's great. But if I said, now, how many of you want to go with me? There will be maybe three out of you, three out of you out of 200, because the rest are scared or don't know how to do it. Or if I said, now, forget about it. Don't worry about it. You don't have to go. You don't have to be afraid. We'll go out and get the Bible studies and set up discipleship lessons for you. How many would want to teach? There would be more than more than about 10 to 12 saying, yes, I want to teach, but it wouldn't go beyond that. What we want to do is show you how every gift in the body of Christ can be used to reach the lost, to love and disciple them. It will take every gift, and those gifts are found only in the body of Christ and the local church. Some of you say, I like to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, healing and things like that. Well, there's a time in our discipleship when we can bring you in just for that purpose. Other people say, I'm not comfortable with that. But can you bake a pie? Can you send a card? Can you make a phone call? Can you paint a fence? Can you babysit for a single mom we're ministering to and give her an hour to herself so she can get out of the house? Can you do the practical things? What about intersection? intercession? Some of you are called to intercede to pray. We'll show you the people we're ministering to, give you their names, and you can be praying and interceding alone, alone or in groups for them and for the discipleship evangelism teams that go out each week. There's room for everyone to reach out to others to disciple. We have a program where every gift can be used we're developing teams of a teacher and a teacher's assistant who go out in a discipleship capacity to minister. Then two people in the helps ministry come in behind them to do practical things like give food, bake a pie, or calling to see how someone how things are going. We also have people who are interceding for us and the people we're ministering to. Do you know what we're seeing? We're seeing God change people's lives because they are being pastored and cared for. Because his love is being shown to them. And do you know who is doing the work of the ministry? It's being done by the ones who are supposed to do it, the people. Ephesians 4.11 says the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher are given to perfect the saints. So they can do the work of the ministry. The church is doing the work of the ministry, not only the man at the front called the pastor. When the pastor teaches and equips the church for works, of service and they go and do them that is true success let me illustrate if we declared war on another nation and our president said we lose too many men in war so I have decided to go away to do away with the army and send just the generals out there to fight the rest of the world would laugh at us and that's really what's happening the devil is laughing at us because we have sent the generals the fivefold ministry to do it all let them do it. We're, pray we're paying them to do it. We have failed to develop an army. God wants to develop that army. And every one of our gifts can be used in discipleship evangelism. We want to help create an army equipped with powerful tools to disciple. Not just here in our city, but reaching around the world. It can be done through the tools we have developed, discipleship lessons, and all the strategies God has given us. 
God bless you and everyone come and everyone comes together to use their gifts to minister to the lost and to the new believer and to keep Jesus' commandment to go and disciple the nations. Which is so true and awesome the way this is so simply set out and they keep using this for years now and this is how they do home groups and start to go out and reach the lost and disciple. So we have a few questions. Would you hand out those, please, to everyone? So the first question, she's going to give you a handout. <clears throat> the following is a brief description of the way that we put teams together to evangelize, disciple, and reach the lost. Your church body may sign up for any of these teams. If you continue with follow-up, using all your gifts to minister, you can bring a person into the kingdom and onto maturity quickly. The following is a questionnaire that you're to give to, our, to your church members. Then organize teams to do the follow-up. So that's what I encourage you to look over this. And I'm going to just read it down through it. What it. This is what I am interested in doing. And check one or more. You can check if you're contacting new people at the door. Intercession, praying for the lost, and discipling evangelism teams. Or giving food or other items to families in need. Contacting others by phone or visitation. Kindness evangelism. Baking food or other items for others, sending a card, helping in any way you can, working with single moms and children, providing transportation to church, etc. And just, but I want to, if you don't have a list there, something you feel led that you'd like to help out in the body. And then question two, the following is a sample of a discipleship follow-up form that is to be used after teaching a discipleship lesson. This form will show you, the pastor and those in authority, how many lessons have been taught and the results in each study. And you just put date and the person's name of person being visited, lessons, location, presentation, and how did this study go. And it's a real simple way of just you know, having a tool that you can use to, once you start contacting people and they start getting stirred up on gifts, they can actually, hey, I like to do this. I like to talk and... <laughs> And I can spread word just through talking and interceding and greeting people and praying. So it's a great way that everybody can't, don't have to sit and say, well, I don't have anything to do or I don't have anything I can help with. So everybody can help with something. It's great. So we're going to go on to uh, question number three. Read James one twenty two. Not a problem. One twenty-two, but prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. And so it says, if we hear God's word but never put it into practice, what have we done? All we've done is heard it. It causes us to be doers, right? Question four, read Matthew seven twenty-four through 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against the house. And yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came 
and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. So they asked, in order to be a wise man, we must put not only hear the sayings of Jesus, but we must do what? Do. Questions 5, is it Ephesians 4, 11 through 12? And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. And it's who is to do the work of the ministry? The body of Christ, exactly. Question 8, uh, read Acts 8, 1 and 4. Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. And on that day a great per persecution began against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. Therefore, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. Who went everywhere preaching the word? Those who had been scattered, exactly. And read Acts. Well, it says again. Or here's another question. Who did not go everywhere preaching the word for the same scriptures? Nobody. Question 8, read Acts eleven nineteen through 22. So then those who were scattered because of the persecution that occurred in, connect, in connection with Stephen made their way to Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except to Jews alone. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks, also preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. The news about them reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. So in the early New Testament church, the believers did the work of the ministry, and it was followed up by the apostolic leadership and instruction. In our churches today, it's the leadership that starts things, and the believers then follow. How does Acts 11, 19-22 verify this statement? The church heard of the conversation, conversion of new believers and sent Barnabas to go and help them. In verse 22. And our last question, question number 9, 1 Corinthians 12, 14-18. But for the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not part of the body, it is not for, their, for this reason any of the less a part of the body. And if the ears say, because I am not an eye, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he desired. So each part of the body of Christ is necessary, 
we should not compare ourselves among ourselves. Rather, total commitment to Christ is not doing everything, but doing what God has equipped you to do. What will you do with the information you've received in this lesson? That could open up a big discussion. Hopefully, putting it into practice by going out and using my gifts and your gifts to help others. I'm going to add to spread the light of the Lord and the love to everyone because you want everyone to grow up in the fullness and understanding and just to delay what comes to mind. Don't sit down being dumb all the time. But God has so much in store for you. Put you on the spot. You want to add anything? Yeah. <laughs> I do. I talk too fast. <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, well, yeah, we, you we, did we good. <laughs> Let's put it right here. <laughs> so one of the things that's very interesting is the fact that we hit this lesson today, right? With everything that the Lord's been putting on our heart, watching those videos, sharing the love of Christ, this is where the Lord is leading us to so that we actually perform church the way that church was meant by God to be performed. And that means that we get about what we're supposed to be about. It, it's not designed to send the generals out uh, to do all of that. It's designed to work in a flow. Everybody has, uh, a, basically every joint supplies. Everybody has something that God's called them to do. And that means we've got to get real with this, you know. And, and the truth of the matter is, you know, you said I think 95% was had never had never led anybody to the Lord. Now, I think that in our church is probably a little bit higher than that. However, it's still not as good. The truth of the matter is 100% of believers should have led somebody to the Lord. And if they haven't, generally there's something wrong in their heart that they need to take a look at. There's something holding them back from that. Part of that is what our society has taught. Our society has raised us to make this the show here at church instead of this being the training ground, right? And so what happens is people come in to get entertained and they come to be a spectator instead of coming to be a participant. In other words, I'm coming here to get trained. I'm taking on my godly responsibility. I'm going to step up into it. And then when I go out that door, I'm going to do something about it, right? I'm going to, I'm going to go after the Lord, and I'm going to win people. And see, what we're doing, when you start talking about these things, that starts becoming evident, just like we've been talking about them over the last few weeks. I've heard testimony after testimony of people that have actually gone out and prayed for somebody, and they got healed. Or they prayed for, you know, just for God to bless them, let the love of God manifest. And it's happened, you know. And all it takes is for us to be open to the Lord to lead us to do that are you ready to pray for somebody every day are you looking for that person are you are you saying lord who is who who are you going to have me connect with today how many are you going to have me connect with today you get in that kind of mindset and all of a sudden things change and that is not just for the pastor that is for every believer everywhere. Was the great commission to the fivefold ministry or was it to every believer? Go and make disciples. Go and help people become disciplined after Christ. And, and here's the question. I, 
I think y'all are wise, right? I think y'all are smart. You know, I, I, that's, I like pastoring y'all because I think you're smart. And, uh, but here's the thing. He says, he who wins souls is wise. So, in other words, if I'm, if I'm going to really show my wisdom in Christ and my maturity, I'm going to be winning souls. I'm going to be leading people to Christ. I'm going to be discipling them. I'm going to be actually uh, getting out there and doing some of these things. And if I'm not, then I need to check my heart. What's holding me back? I remember one time, uh, and, and listen to this. I think that you can connect to this and relate to this. One time we had an evangelist in, and uh, he, was, he was basically teaching us how to win souls and what to do and how to do it. And then it came time to go and do it. And so we were in here. We learned how to do it. Everybody was like, yeah, yeah, we're going to win souls. And, and it was one of the most frustrating times I've ever had in my life because we got ready to go out the door, and I had two leaders, just like what you were talking about earlier, I had two leaders say, we just feel led to sit back and pray. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa time out. I wanted to scream, you know, because the the problem is this is what we've been doing. This has been the problem in the church. We haven't been genuine. We haven't been real with it to the point where we say, even if even if I am called to pray in most circumstances, every believer is a soul winner and a disciple maker, and I need to know how to do it, and I need to play my role in that every day of the week, not just inside of here, and not, I need to be looking for that. Amen? You got something? Yeah, come on. So I actually have a testimony of this recently within the last week. Um, so I've been here on Wednesdays and watching the, the movies that have really spoken to me, and I've been talking to Pastor Brian and Nicole about being ready in season and out all the time, being ready. And this last week, I ended up, I needed to go to the grocery store. And there is someone that works at this grocery store that I always go to that actually used to attend services here. And this person was sitting on the bench outside the front of the grocery store in a huge knee brace from mid-thigh to mid-shin. And I remember hearing the Lord say, you're supposed to pray for him. Flesh part. Oh, man, really? <laughs> oh, come on, Lord, who's going to, someone's going to see me? Pride reared its head. Who's, someone's going to see me? They're going to think that I'm a crazy freak. They're going to think that I'm nuts. And, and then it was, it turned to, okay, Lord, I'll be obedient. I chose to be obedient. So I walked up, started a conversation with this person, found out what had happened, and I remember in my head thinking, all right, now how am I supposed to do this? What do I say? Do I ask this person if I can pray for them? Do I put my hands on them? And then I remembered the video we just watched last Wednesday, right? It's about taking a risk. You don't learn how to do it unless you just step out and try. And if you make a mistake, it's okay. Because the Lord honors your obedience and willingness to step out and be bold, right? So was I fully expecting this person was going to rip off their knee brace and go running through the parking lot? No. Was I believing that the prayer that I actually prayed over this person's knee, that it was effective and that, it was, that I was doing what God wanted me to do? Absolutely. So I got over my pride and I, the words came out of my mouth, can I pray for you? 
And this person said, absolutely. Holy cow, wow, here we go. So at that point, laid my hands on this person. It wasn't a real complex prayer. It was pretty straightforward, um, believing for restoration and for healing. And that was it. And, it. and it was awesome. It was an awesome exercise of getting over my pride. First of all, realizing pride would rear and picking that up and consciously putting that down in knowing that he would honor my obedience in choosing to do what he had asked me to do. Now, someone else could have seen me do that. Maybe my purpose in praying for him was for someone else to see me do that. Right? The layers of how God uses our obedience, I'm learning there are layers to how God uses that. So the fact that someone could have seen me do that, the fact that this person I prayed for experienced me doing that, because every time I go to this grocery store, I am really, in effect, ministering to them. Because I'm smiling, I'm interacting, I'm choosing to say hello, I'm sowing love into them. This was just another step in that process. So when you're out there discipling and evangelizing, it doesn't have to happen right now. It can, if that's what the Lord wants it to be, but it can build over time too, right? You sow seeds and you water seeds. So I just, it was on my heart to share that because it's a perfect example of what we're talking about today and what we've been learning on Wednesday nights. Amen, hold on one sec. So let me ask you this question. So before the last couple of months, had had you been seeing these moments like this or has it just kind of come up in the last couple of months more? So I think I've, they've come up to me in comfortable environments yeah. up to now. Right. And the situation that presented itself this last week was a little bit out of that comfort zone. Right. So the sense I got was the Lord is drawing me. Right. So he's drawing me to be more and more bold. Yeah. But I'm also open more to seeing it or for looking for it. Yes. So if there is an opportunity presenting itself, I'm more open to allowing the Lord to speak to me in that yeah. moment, whereas before it was like, I just got to get into Walmart, get out of my way. Right. Well, You're asking for money, I'm not interested. And a lot of times that's because we're all about us. Yes. And right. so, and the Lord is, and I believe it's Acts 4, it may be verse 13, but it says that their prayer was, Lord, grant us all boldness. You know, let us be bold. This needs to be a prayer of our heart. My point is that you are seeing more opportunities because you are being mindful to look for them. Yes. Is, would you say that's true? Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Okay, good. All right, uh, Rebecca, will you come here? Let's see if this is on. All right. Let's see if that works. So Hello. you had a situation the other day. Right after Wednesday night service, the next um, Thursday, you prayed for somebody. You had prayed for them before. They were having stabbing pain. The yep. next day you prayed for them, they were instantly healed. Is yep. that correct? Yep. All right. Are you seeing more of these opportunities all of a sudden? Everywhere. <laughs> Why? I'm looking for them. There you go. And I'm excited about it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's all. Thank you. Thank you. Chris, will you come here? So I'm hearing like every couple of days he'll say, hey, man, I pray with this guy here. 
Are you seeing more of these opportunities? Yes. Why? Because I'm looking for them. Because you're looking for them. See, that's just it. We, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> that's just it. We've got to understand that when we start to look for them and be open to the Holy Spirit, He will put us in those places. We've got to be faithful. Are we people of faith that will say, Lord, hey, Lord, I'm asking you for these moments. And I realize that I don't have all the answers, but you do, and I represent you, and I know that you're going to be with me in that moment and give me the answers that I need. This is a confidence and a faithfulness in God. But we have to be open to doing it. We have to be looking for it because we've been talking about it. These opportunities are opening up everywhere. And it'll open up to anybody, you know, as long as they will just simply be ready for God to use them. Here I am, Lord, send me. And then you have to ask yourself this question, if I don't have this happen. And I've, ha I've been in this place multiple times in my Christian walk. I have been in the place where I come up and I find myself as like, Man, I'm not praying for anybody, and I'm convicted about that. And then I have to ask this question. Why would I not want to do that? Why would I not want to? This is a great question, and you need to examine your own heart because it's one you can go back to. And I promise you, even if you're on fire doing it today, probably going down the road you're going to find a place where you're not on fire, and you have to ask that question. Why would I not want to pray with people and lead them to the Lord in public or anywhere that God asked me to do it? Why would I not want to do that? It's a very revealing question. And then if you come to the end of it and you don't really have a good answer for it, then you have to ask yourself this. Then why am I not doing it? All right, why is the action? Because faith without works is dead. So in other words, I can agree with it all day long, but if action's not happening inside of me, I'm missing it somewhere, and I am not putting you know, the pieces together in what I'm called to be. See, most people are so focused on their reputation that they throw away their character. And their character should be, this life is a vapor. I need to win as many souls and make as many disciples as I can to, to build the kingdom of God. And if I'm not about that and I'm not doing that, then, man, am I really allowing Jesus to be the Lord of my life or am I making the decisions? And see, this is a very challenging message. To should Let me ask, if I was talking like this and preaching like this, in a body of believers, should I or should I not have full agreement, and I mean hearty amens, in our hearts and in our minds? Then why don't we? Why is it, why is it like pulling teeth like, mm, because we haven't, part of it's the condemnation of we haven't really been doing it right and we know it, right? And so we've got to deal with that. And so, okay, well then, now I know about it. I can deal with it. You can deal with it. You can deal with it. You can deal with it. And then all of a sudden, what's going to happen when you deal with it? God's going to start opening opportunities to you. He's going to start opening. Pray for the boldness of Christ. Pray for the boldness that God gives. And let's win people to the Lord. Let's be wise and win people. Let's, let's, let's be loving and love on our Father by being about His business. Amen? Amen? Father, I just ask right now, 
I ask, Lord, oh, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would convict the hearts of everyone hearing this message and even people that aren't hearing it to be soul winners, to be disciple makers, Lord. Convict their hearts and mine too, Lord. Convict it and grant us all boldness, Father. Grant us all boldness to be about your business and every aspect of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Sherman. Thank you for joining us. Y'all have a great day.